amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. down there we go welcome back to the famous tiktok content manager at so-called fantasy experts and founder of fantasy six pack.net uh my co-host tonight is aj applegarth what's going on man hey how you doing Pretty good, man. How about yourself? Ah, not too bad, not too bad. Just uh, enjoying this lovely weather we're having today. Yeah, it's definitely better than it was a couple weeks ago when we got three feet of snow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's uh, that's not hard to beat. <laughs> I, I like snow at all, just not all of it at once. I like to spread it out over winter. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know about you, but that's that's kind of how I like it. Although I did appreciate not having to drive to work for a week. Yeah. Just working yeah, from home. Too bad. But uh anyway, man. Uh yeah, so tonight we're gonna be getting into the FSCA draft and then just kinda put ourselves back up for the for the baseball season here. We're gonna kick into gear, hopefully starting next week for good. Um but we're going to be getting into, you know, some of the some of the latest signings, free agent signings, and some of the trades that have gone on since the last time both you and me were on, which was about a month ago at this point. Um, and so the, there's been plenty of action going on. So there's there's a lot to cover. But before we uh, before before we get into that, I, I do want to. I started I started thinking about you know I picked that Bruce Springsteen song as the opening um because it it started you know i mentioned baseball but i I like the song too and a lot of my friends have gone to go see spring scene in the last month here uh i don't were you one of them i don't remember i not lately no no okay i've I've Um, seen him in the past but not not recently no Okay. I don't know. I've just seen a lot of Springsteen stuff on Facebook from all my friends. So uh, it was kind of in my head. Um, anyway, but, you know, we did have the unfortunate, and I know this is old news at this point, but, you know, we have had the unfortunate passing of of two, you know, pretty much rock legends at this point. Um, <clears throat> one being David Bowie. He's probably the, the most known name out of the two. And, you know, I just want to give a, you know, a little shout out there to David Bowie, you know, definitely sad, 
that is there. Both of these guys they uh that's pretty early. Seven is like the eight of the Pretty early. Definitely of today, and you know, my parents grew up listening to a lot of these guys. So, um, and then the other one was uh, Glenn Fry. Um, I, I didn't really know his his solo work as much. I don't know about you, AJ, but I, I didn't really know his solo work as much, except this song. I remember this song from. My parents owned this movie, Beverly Hills Cop, when I was growing up. And I watched it all the time. I probably was really good at But, I don't know, I just remember this song from the very beginning. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, uh, I remember this one. But, uh, you know, I definitely obviously remember more from the Eagles. Um, right, you know, and, and that's and what I was, yeah. was going to say. His work on the Eagles is the most known here. But uh, yeah, I was, I was asking those: Have you ever seen that movie, Beverly Hills Cop? Oh yeah. Sorry, I can't hear you over the, the music. So hey, you're, you're, you're uh, drowned out completely. I don't know what's going on. I can I can barely hear you at all. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the same for you. That's I was saying, just stop, stop the music because I can't hear you, and I'm sure none of our listeners can either. So, um, either way, the uh, yeah, no, the, the the both obviously tragic losses to the uh, the music community. Um, you know, it's just I don't know what's going on with uh, with this year so far, and then obviously the end of last year, we lost uh, Scott Weiland as well feel like maybe that was a little bit more obvious of a it's coming sort of deal but yeah unfortunately um, yeah probably yeah but yeah I mean David Bowie's obviously iconic Glenn Fry and, and what he's done is is pretty much you know right up there as well um, so yeah definitely sad sad losses yeah that's for sure yeah I mean, like I said, we we hadn't been we hadn't been on for about a month, so all that stuff happened while we were while we were gone. So I wanted to make sure that we were covering, you know, I was able to cover that a little bit there. I don't know, I just got it kind of in the music mode when I was downloading the the Glory Days song for this. But yeah. um it's not just uh not just all fantasy sports. We're we're up on current events as well. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> anyway, so let's let's get moving here to the uh, FSCA draft. I don't know, um, I don't remember exactly what day this happened now, but happened a, a few weeks ago. This is kind of to me, this is like the official start to fantasy baseball draft season. Um, it, it's really early. It's kind of a, a good, it's a good and a bad, um, I don't know, measuring stick, and and uh, and I'll explain that. Um, it, it's good because you've got 13, you know, experts, 13 big names in the industry, uh, all the way from Jeff Erickson, Rotowire, Steve Gardner from USA Today, um, uh, Nato Defino, 
uh, Ray Flowers, Jeff Manns, you know, all, all these guys, and Ron Chandler, big time, you know, all these guys are big into the industry. They're all in the series, XM Sports Channel at, at some point. I think they all are. Maybe not Steve Gardner. Um, but, you know, the, these these guys are all big time. There are 13 of them. They play this Roto this Roto uh, League, and it's a, so it's a good barometer to start the season. But what I will say, though, is you cannot use this as, like, your overall, oh, well, this is what everybody should be worth. They should not go any earlier or any later than this. Like, no. And I say that because a lot of these guys are kind of testing the waters. They're kind of flexing their muscle a little bit, like, oh, see, look who I picked. And the reason being is because there's no money involved in this league. It's all first place, and then if you're second place, you're last place because it doesn't matter. Um, The only person that gets any recognition is the person who wins the league. So, you know, they try and kind of go out of their way to to make, you know, these these picks that are, are, I don't know, that are – good but you know they, they some of them might be kind of off the wall just to kind of prove a point um so you know take take that for what you will um so i want to kind of just go through it and just kind of list my you know talk about some of the things that stood out to me and we'll start with pick number one man paul goldschmidt number one at dr roto um i i, I was honestly kind of shocked it, it's not totally crazy but I, I was I was pretty shocked to see Paul Goldschmidt go number one. Yeah, my, my initial question, which I, I believe you already answered, this is a, a rotisserie style scoring league. Yes, so it is. That was the the first thought on it was okay. Well, I got the link for the draft. Okay, I see all these names and when they were picked. Uh, what are we working with here? But um, yeah, I, I like it. Um, I like Goldie a lot. I have for for years now. Um, you know, I, I had him on my team. I don't think he was my. I think I had him as like a fifth round pick, like three or four years ago, like right when he was getting ready to break out. Um, and, and you know, he had a good season. And then that next season, I went right back to him for my first round pick, and I grabbed him fourth overall or something like that. It was it was pretty early on that I that I kind of reached on him a little bit. But I felt like first base was thin that year, and, and I kind of wanted to go for it. And I did, and it paid off. I don't think it's a bad pick at all. I mean, he, he was better than Trout last year. I don't think he was better than Harper. Um, you know, but first base, you know, there's – it's not as deep as as it I feel like it's been in in past years, so there is kind of the question there of going going for it with the first pick. But I don't I I don't have anything bad to say about it. Yeah, I mean it's it's not I mean it's not horrible. It's just surprising. You know, you usually expect to see Trout go first. You know, Harper go second this year, and then probably Goldschmidt go third. I'm going to guess in the majority of leagues that is what you will see. You know, yeah, is I'm it not, totally I'm crazy to switch it up? But yeah, 
I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just whatever. I just, it was just something that definitely stood out. Um, and so moving on, um, I think one of the other picks that surprised me this round was Carlos Correa from Houston. He was picked number six. He's picked ahead of guys like Josh Donaldson, Chris Bryant, Rizzo, Andrew McCutcheon. He actually slipped in the draft, in my opinion. Um, yeah. You know, you, you've got guys that Carlos Correa is ahead of some legit guys who have, you know, who have done this for years. And Carlos Correa has done it for half a season. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like the pick. I don't know if I like it at six. Um, but you're looking at a 13-team league. Yeah, I guess I feel like maybe you have to reach a little bit more in, in that size league. Uh, other question, though, that I wanted to ask, is this a snake draft or no? It is. It is. Okay. So uh, our last picks of the first and first pick of the of the second at Edwin and then D Ward. Yes. So okay. yeah, and that was one of the so, other ones I was gonna bring up is is those and, and I and the reason I, why I was gonna bring those up is because you see somebody who like you, you see Ron Chandler, okay, and Ron Chandler if you guys don't know who this guy is, he's one of the best minds in baseball. He is fantastic. He's a real nice guy. Hit him up on Twitter. He'll usually answer all your questions. Nice guy. Um, he, I'm pretty sure he's won this league a lot. He's also in some of the um, labor leagues, which is some of the other big-time leagues that go on, and, and they draft a little later, so they're not taking all these crazy risks drafting in you know mid-January. But um, Ron Chandler – when he does stuff like like he did at the end and the start of the second round, the start of, end of the first and start of the second, you take notice to it because Ron Chandler, like it's it's just what you do with him, and the fact that he passed up on Stanton and somebody like Pollock for the likes of Edwin and Carnacion and D Gordon kind of catch your attention. You know, usually in, in the first round you try and go for guys who can get you multiple position eligibility or not the multiple category help. Um, You know, those five tool guys. So, you know, somebody like Machado who went right before him is, Mm. is gold. Um, You know, Donaldson doesn't do five categories, but he's so, he's so good at four of them. It's fine. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, that's usually what happens there. And so the fact that he went with somebody like Encarnacion and then backed him up with somebody like Gordon, to me, it's actually two really good picks because he gets everything from two people and they're elite at, of what, at what they do. Yeah, I, I definitely like the picks. Um, just to step back for that Correa pick, though, I, I definitely would have, gone Donaldson, Bryant, and maybe even Rizzo ahead of Correa. Um, but it's not it's not the worst pick. Like I said, you know, a deep deep draft, you gotta go with what you want. And and if you want to, you know, the potentially best shortstop in the game right now, um yeah, it's it's not a bad pick. But back to uh Encarnacion and Gordon the only thing that scares me there 
is the injury history with with Encarnacion. Um, but he's in such a powerful lineup with Donaldson and Bautista. I, I mean, it's hard to not like that pick. Um, he, he's here again. We're looking at first base, and at this point, he's the fourth first baseman off the board. So, yeah. already through round one, that position is thin. <laughs> yeah, like you're you got to be targeting first base, even if you weren't originally targeting with with your next you know one of your next two picks in my mind, or you're waiting uh, for for a guy like Fielder or or Pujols whenever he's you know expected to get back. Um, Gordon, I mean Gordon's just put up numbers, you know, year after year right now, and and I think it's a nice one-two punch for your first two picks. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, my only fear though is, uh, I mean, I think we all expect Gordon to to regress a little bit. His he's not going to bat three thirty-three again. I mean, he's never batted any higher than. I mean, he bat. 297 one year that he played 92 games, um, mm-hmm. 289 another year. But like, so his batting average is, is typically, I mean, it's typically kind of high, but I don't think you're yeah. going to get 333. Especially, and what worries me is, I mean, yeah, we all know the speed is top notch, but what, what really worries me about him is just he didn't he doesn't walk. I mean, no. he basically either gets on base or he's out. And so yeah, that that kind of worries me with him. For. Um, and then Roto, and, that, you know, I mean, that kind of hurts yeah. you at the end, you know, as the season winds down. You could be looking real good going into, you know, late August, early September, and then guys start kind of falling flat a little bit. They get tired at the end of the season. Uh, you know, their head's not necessarily in it as much, especially on a team like Miami who's not competing. Um, so... Right. You know what's what's he really have to play for at that point, other than just his own stats and you know padding them at that point. So that's that's something I you know I with Gordon I don't I don't know if I necessarily make that jump that eh, I'm not going to draft a guy because of this because he is an elite player at you know uh, another not real deep position I'll say I mean in my mind at least. Um, with top tier guys, um, I personally like Altuve better than Gordon, but it's it's kind of six in one hand, half dozen the other in my mind. Yeah, I, I like Altuve more too. I was kind of surprised that he took Altuve or he took Gordon over him, but I guess he's thinking Gordon's got more speed, so now he definitely has all five categories, you know, covered with two guys. That's the only reason why I think you would do that. Honestly, in my opinion, I'm going Stanton and Altuve there. Those are two top-notch guys. You know, I might even go with Davis over in Carnacion if you really want to go first base there. It's, I mean, it's a tough call. They're all, they're all great players. Yeah. It's just. Well, I mean, and we're we're in round one and round two. You're getting right. a top-notch elite guy at some position somewhere on the diamond or in the outfield. I mean, that's... You certainly hope so. 
But, uh, yeah, unless you really just screw the shit out of your draft, then <laughs> you're not. But, uh, I mean, you, you really have to try to do that. Um, that is an interesting thought, though, going with Davis there, because not only are you getting what I think to be an, an equal power bat as Encarnacion, but you're also getting the the position eligibility this year with first right. and outfield and possibly third base, um, depending on which, which yeah, depending on your league, yeah, he's covered in is um, most likely not, but yes, yeah, could be. And and what Encarnacion still just first and DH, I think. So yes, um, you know you you have that flexibility there. Um, I mean, the but, thing that scares only, a lot of people with Davis is is the average. My only concern with Davis is that now that he's got this big contract, you know, what's going to happen? Is he just going to put it in cruise control? Is he not going to get his doctor's note again? Like what's, what's going to happen? I don't, I don't hope any of that happens, but it's happened in the past when guys have been playing, Mm -hmm. you know, real well in their contract year. And then here they are, they get the signing and now they're just on cruise control. Uh, I mean, Cole Hamels is a guy who, uh, you know, I love as a Philly fan, you know, when he was with us, but he kind of went into that mode, I feel like. And granted, the team wasn't very good. Um, so it was hard for him to even notch wins as it is, but you do see it, and, and that's something that oh, it some all people the time. might look at and and – you know, sway away from him and whether or not that, that extra position eligibility is, is worth that potential risk. Mm, who knows? But yeah, yeah. I, I like, I like the turn picks. Um, like I said, I, I'd potentially maybe have gone out to over Gordon personally, but uh, you know, I'm kind of a sucker for him cause I've had him for a couple of years now in, in multiple leagues and he's done nothing but good for me. So, a question: Would you have taken him over? Would you have taken Encarnacion over Stanton? Um, it's an interesting one to me. There's you're either you're either on the boat that his injuries were freak accidents because he got hit by pitches, or you're on the boat that he's injury prone. Stanton, you're talking about here? Yes. Yeah, see, I kind of feel like he's injury prone. I mean, I, I did have him a couple years ago, and he was great until the very end of the season when I needed him the most. Um, but he just he he just doesn't seem to stay on the field ever. I don't know if no. it, if it's a matter of being injury prone or horrible luck. Um, so that's kind of a tough call. I I still think I potentially like Encarnacion there just because of having more protection in, in the lineup and being able to see more pitches. Um, you know, aside from Gordon, who does Miami really have? I mean, is there something I'm missing somewhere that they've all of a sudden become some power-hitting team? 
but no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> they're they're not very good. Yeah, I, I I think I'd I think I'd stick with Encarnacion. No, that's interesting. I it's it's a tough one to me. I'm I mean my my rankings have Stanton higher right now. I'm I'm very bullish on on Stanton. Um mm-hmm. I, I I do like him a lot. Um I'm kind of I'm kind of not on Encarnacion. I think Encarnacion was was taken a a little too early in this draft. Um but I guess Kind of what you're saying. It was the end of the first round. He knows he's not going to be able to come back for another, geez, 26 picks at this point. So, yeah, figures he's got to go get his guys. So it kind of makes sense, you know. When you're in that situation, you gotta you gotta pick out of order if you if you want to build your team. So, uh, anyway, moving on here. So you know, we mentioned Stan. We mentioned Gordon. Yeah, I, I was looking at some of the the younger players. You know, I want to try and get away from the first couple of rounds here. I was looking at, well, actually, no, hold on. I do want to mention one more thing about the first couple of rounds. Buster Posey and Kyle Schwarber, two catchers drafted six rounds before this one. Um, you know, Posey's obviously the number one catcher, uh, just top notch player, and he has the First base eligibility, I believe, or does he not? I does can't he, remember. Uh, yes, yeah. he does. He does yes, he in does. some leagues, yeah. Yeah, he does. Maybe in all leagues. Would actually. you take Buster Posey in the second round? No. Well, uh, with the first not, base eligibility, uh, it's. I would say it's a little more tempting but you're not you're not necessarily getting him for first base. I feel like you're more getting him for catcher. And even still, he should be there at least one, maybe two more rounds. Um, he won't. Unless someone, someone's going to go after him every year and in, in every draft. Somebody always does. So the question is, do you want to be that guy? Um, me personally, no. I'd rather, I'd rather build, build something else, you know, build, get get a better outfielder, um, you know, or or maybe start with a starting pitcher. I still think second round for for pitcher might be a little early in roto, but you know, there's there's plenty of guys to be had, unless a you know there's a major run on pitching. Um, which I didn't necessarily see in, in the first couple rounds. Yeah. The Schwarber pick uh, is interesting, though. Yeah, Schwarber intrigues me. You know, he's going to play almost every day because he's going to play outfield. Um, and he's got the catcher eligibility still. But I don't know. Something like – there's something scares me about him. Like, he just – I just don't know. There's just something makes me think he's going to have that sophomore slump where, like, yeah, he struck out 30% of the time last year. 
batting average wasn't very good. Just, I'm afraid, like, man, he's just going to swing and miss a lot, and it's just going to, he's just going to get eaten alive. And then, you know, his defense isn't very good. So if he's not hitting, he's not going to get put out there. The Cubs will just yeah. move on to somebody else. So that's what I'm afraid of with him. I don't, I think he's a really, really risky second round pick. You know, even third round, I think, but that's where he's going. And that's just, yeah. that just freaks me out. I think it's because of the end of the season that he had. Um, of course, well, he was a monster at the end of the year. Yeah. And, and just, you know, he was highly touted. He had another young cub coming up to, like, just outperform everybody else in the world. So, and he did, but like you said, he struck out a lot. And I think that could be a sign of things to come for this year that if he doesn't have that plate discipline, that that's something he's going to be having to learn. And and Mm -hmm. do you want him to be learning that while he's sitting on your team or potentially sitting on your bench because he's, he's going to be relegated to, you know, pinch hitting duties in some of these games. So, and if he's not catching, I mean, the outfield eligibility is nice too, but here again, I feel like you're probably going to be plugging him in as your catcher and you're going to build your outfield up with other guys. Yeah. In most cases, I think that's the way it would work too, but it, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, the reason why he gets drafted in the second round is the same reason why you draft Posey in the second round. He's so, he's, you know, thought to be so much better than the rest of the guys that, yeah. you know, he he's like head and shoulders. It's like, it's like drafting Gronk in the first round of a football draft. You know, you've got mm-hmm. the best player at, the, at, at a weak position. But, you know, to me, like, I've never gone with the, you know, take Gronk in the first or second round. I've never, I've just never done that. Um, and and I'll just, I'll never do it with catchers because I always feel like I can win with a lesser guy, a catcher, getting me of what those guys do. And then I'll blow you away with guys because the guy that I'm going to draft in the second round is going to outperform both Posey, most likely. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, so that's the way I look at it. Even if you get, uh, you know, what do we have here? So we've got two pitchers gone, and the second one is right after Posey here with Max Scherzer. Mm -hmm. I I mean, uh, and then your third pitcher goes three picks in to to the next round with Bumgarner. Mm -hmm. Bumgarner could outperform Posey. Then you've got three more pitchers in, in that round. All guys, I think, potentially could outperform Posey. Um, so, I, I don't... I just... I'm not I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to go after... Even Posey somebody Posey like Joey Votto who went later, J.D. Martinez, could all... Oh, yeah. could all outperform Posey. You know, a lot of guys that went later, Miguel Sano can outperform Posey. You know, especially Sano. in the power. I love Sano this year. Um, you know, a lot of these guys can outperform him. So it's that's why I will I just won't do it. 
And, you know, I think most people think that way, which is why you don't see the next catcher go off the board until round eight with Jonathan McFroy. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that, you know, that's kind of the, if, if there's one thing to take away from this draft, it's that you should probably wait on catcher until, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 round. You can really wait later. I mean, guys like Wellington Castillo, who were pretty good last year, round 15, um, you you can get a sleeper guy like Devin Mesoraco, who everybody's, you know, forgetting. Yeah, I know the injury history is there with him. I, we won't get into it because it's a long conversation. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to take the risk on somebody like him, you can get him super cheap. You know, a lot of you these guys will Steven, be there. Steven Vogt in round 16. Yeah. Like, I would have picked him. I'd potentially look at picking him above Sal Perez this year. I, Perez was miserable last year. And was he, not was, good. he had he had injury con- issues last year too that slowed him up, but God, I thought I was catching lightning in a bottle with him when I drafted him, you know, fairly late. I mean, kind of he he was the best remaining option, you know, according to all the projections and all all of that. He finished nowhere near that. Um, no, yeah, he disappointed last year. And, you know, Russell Martin is even a guy who was drafted um, before before Perez this year, and, and he was going in the 10th round. Um, but I like him better. Uh, I, I Here again, it's another Toronto player in a strong lineup and a guy who's a veteran player who plays most games. So, yeah. I just, I'm just not I'm I'm not in love with either of those two guys where they went. No, I'm not either. But you know, you you did mention the pitching, and it was one of the things I wanted to bring up. One of the things I noticed was that I mean, when you look at the first two rounds, you know, pitching kind of stayed on the board. That elite pitching stayed on the board until the third round when four more of them went. You know, you you mentioned Kershaw went number four. Scherzer went twenty five. If I can do my math here, um, yeah. And, and then you know Bumgarner went three picks later or four picks later, and then Sale, Fernandez, and Arietta, you know. And then you know each round you see about five, six guys, you know, five or six of the top guys go, and then you know pitching kind of starts almost taking over the rest of the draft when you really look at it. It's a lot of yellow. Uh, if, yeah. and, and for people who are looking at the draft board, uh, yellow is pitchers. So that's why I said that. Um, but, you know, it, to me, that's the way I've always drafted. I'll never take top-notch pitching in the first couple rounds. Uh, I usually wait till around like even four and five to take my my first pitcher. Um, mm-hmm. used, to, used to be even later than that, but pitching's kind of taken over and I've had to adjust. Um, so, yeah, I mean, is that something you agree with or? I, to be honest with you, I think we should set it up to draft baseball offense and then have a separate draft for pitching because it's so different every year in every league that I'm in. And the one league is so pitcher heavy and ridiculous. Oh, you, yeah, your one league is ridiculous. It, but it's, it's a headache. I took 
Mike Trout last year with the second pick, and I was mad at myself because I didn't pick Max Scherzer, who I who I originally wanted, um, because he was so dominant in the first half of the year last year. I probably right. could have flipped him for another potentially elite guy like an Arietta and somebody else, you know, to fill in the gap. Um, but, you know, I, part of that is just because Trout had a, a bit of a down season, even though it was still a great season. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, he, he just kind of he kind of started off slow for me. So it was frustrating to me when all these other people have these pitchers. And I think my first pitching pick was at the end of the second round, and I went with James Shields. And he was terrible. So, yeah, that that league that needs to be the standard for that league, in my opinion. But I mean, it's frustrating, and you do have to adapt. You have to see what's going off the board, where, and and what you what you need. If you're three outfielders, four outfielders, you know, are you looking to take well, an outfield so, with one of these first picks? Well, so that's what I'm saying. So this kind of league, your standard league, you know. Don't worry about mm-hmm. your points leagues. It's obviously different. This kind of yeah. league, this is the normal league that most people I think this play kind of in. League, I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting till yeah. at least three. You know, and like I said, with the with the guys that came off the board here, honestly, I'm kind of surprised that Kluber went before Teichel uh, and Felix Fernandez. Uh, and let's see who else did he go before. There's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of names that were left. One name, one pitcher that pops out to me that is very interesting is Adam Wainwright. He went round seven, pick three. Yeah, he was That's the twenty fourth overall pitcher taken, twenty second starting pitcher. I mean, he's battled injuries. He's an older guy. Is he going to be able to come back from the was it torn Achilles? Um, yeah, that's that's why he's sitting out there. But man, he was so dominant to start the year last year. It was such a shame. Uh, definitely crushed me in 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 the one league I got him in. Um, yeah, I don't know if you heard it on SiriusXM. It was really funny. He called in during this draft. And like ripped the commentators, like the the two guys hosting the show during the draft. That he was picked so late, it was hilarious. If you have not heard it, I guarantee he ripped on like, them because he thinks he was picked too early. He was picked too late. Oh, all right. So the guys commenting on the draft were saying he was picked too late or picked too early. Um, I don't know what the the guys that were hosting the show were saying, but they were just saying how he was, he was picked, you know, so-and-so such time and this many pitchers pitched drafted ahead of him. It was, it was funny though. He was I, like, yeah, well, I, thank you. Thank you for giving me some list, more motivation. Yeah. I would have drafted looking at this list, guys ahead of him. I probably, I mean, I, I almost like him better I mean Carrasco, definitely. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. Sonny Gray, no. Lester, eh, maybe. Strasburg, possibly. 
Yeah, I've got him ahead of Strasburg, Syndergaard, Carrasco, Archer. and oh, Lester. Really? I'm not a big Lester fan. <clears throat> but other than that, I mean, I, I, I like. I think it works for where he went over, you know, Salazar, Richards, maybe not Richards, but yeah, I think he's probably where he should be. Yeah, he's about right. And, and no, right. Offense, no offense, Adam Wainwright. If you want to call into our show, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, but yes. feel free listening. to lambast us. <laughs> yeah. Feel free I'll, to I'll lambast us all you want. Um, we can we can that, push the rest of the show off to the side and talk about it another time if you want to call in, Wainwright. Yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I am as well. But I, I mean, and I think that that's, it's based on the injury. I mean, he did mm-hmm. come back at the end of last year. Uh, you know, he pitched out of the bullpen. And and he pitched good. pretty well. So, you know, I think that he might be one of those deeper sleeper guys this year that this could be the steal of the seventh round, really. You know, if he comes back to not necessarily his Cy Young form, but a, a, a somewhat of a shell of it, uh, I think yeah. that he's going to, he's just, uh, St. Louis is still a strong team. You know, they're, they're going to be, at the top of that division or towards the top of it, fighting it out, Chicago, and probably Pittsburgh. So it's going to be a tough division again between those three teams. He's going to need to be good to to make that, you know, that difference for, for that team. And, I mean, hell, he's pitched out of the bullpen before. Uh, you know, he was – uh, doing that in the World Series that they won, what, in 05, 06, something like that. Isn't that how he got his start? He was closing out games uh, for him? I'm not sure, actually. That's that's a good question. And I know he was. I don't remember the year that, that they won. But, um, yeah, and that's what, you know, that's what they did with Waka a few years ago. Right, um, and then put him back at the starter role, but Wayne Wainwright was on that same path, you know, pre Waka. So, you know, good for him. I, I hope he comes back, and I hope he pitches well. But am I going out I'll, again? I'll take a chance. My my first pitching pick, mm, probably not. Second, no, I don't, possibly I don't think I third. Yeah, I mean, it depends on yeah. what what your other depth is too. Right. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't more, you know, I wasn't, <laughs> I was just kind of pointing it out and more wanted to talk about the, uh, the, the call in that I thought was pretty funny. But, uh, so the, the last thing I want to bring up and, you know, I don't know, not a whole lot to really say about it, but just something to notice the, the so on the so-called prospects, man, I was really digging for them on this list and they're just not really here. Like, they really he, aren't. Like, I mean, Kettle Marte, but you know he played last year. Um, but he, you know, he was picked in round fourteen. Um, you know, I was looking for guys like Oswaldo Garcia, if I'm even pronouncing that correctly. Um, but he's not on there. You know, like they're just not here. I think probably one of the very 
first ones that's actually on here is uh, Tyler Glass now. He was round 25. I mean, this is ridiculous. You're talking 25 rounds. Yeah, but are these guys that are even definitely playing this year? Like, in my mind, Schwarber is still kind of a prospect, even though he's going to be a starter this year. Yeah, but see, I'm talking um, about, like, I think, like, senior. every year you get guys that are going to pick, you know, they, they take these. I mean, think about it. I think people last year drafted you the, Buxton. You, you know, people drafted. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, people were drafting um, well, the got, guy. You got Michael Conforto here. I mean, he's most likely going to start with the team, but he was a prospect last year, came up late. Um, right, but I'm talking like guys that haven't really played yet. They're they're going to start the year in the minors. Those guys every year get drafted, and for whatever reason, yeah. in this draft this year, they just weren't. And I don't really know why. Like these guys are supposed to be well, good. You don't need them. You're, no, I mean I you're you're trying to project a guy who may not come up until hell September, if if they you know if the team wants it that way. But mm-hmm. no, I get I get the point. I mean, it, there really isn't there really isn't a lot at all on here of those guys. I'm not I'm not seeing hardly anything aside from the guys. Like I said, Glass now, and um, there was one other. There was a hitter. I'm I lost him. I had him, and I lost it. I don't know what happened. Blake Snell. Well, oh, anyway, um, obviously not that important. But yeah, I mean, just the just the thing to take away is you know. These guys aren't taking the chance on them. Jose oh, Trey Turner. Trey Turner, that oh, was the Trey guy Turner. I was thinking of. Um, yeah. You know, so, like, these guys aren't taking the chance on them. You really shouldn't either. Like, they're not worth it most of the time. You know, you're very unlikely to find somebody like Chris Bryant come up and just dominate like that. Yeah. You know, so these guys aren't coming up, you know, I mean, well, and that's, you could end up with was, Byron Buxton like last year, and he was a big bust. Everybody drafted yeah. him and held on to him, and everyone was so excited when they got him, and then he did nothing. So yeah. be careful with those guys. That's what I wanted to get to. Well, that's another thing, too. Like uh, I was telling you earlier yesterday, you know, I had the opportunity in my Dynasty League to get Correa last year in our uh, – uh, rookie draft or, or prospect draft for the minors, and I had I think the second pick overall, uh, and and I I went after Addison Russell, who also came up and started playing. I'm still not completely sold on him, but I, I'm still liking his upside. Um, but I'm kicking myself for not getting Correa. Um, yeah, that sucks, man. Another guy, my second pick, I could have had Syndergaard, and I went after Yon Mankata, thinking, well, I'm going to look more towards the future on this and try to stash guys that are going to definitely be later on. And, and my, my pitching is already ridiculous in that league. Um, Scherzer, Cole, DeGrom, Odorizzi, uh, you know, Lackey. I've got a very solid front lineup, so not too worried about that but you know i don't i don't see these guys and and i don't i don't see the point in wasting a a, you know mid-round pick on on some of them unless it is a bryant and i I remember you giving me some crap last year because i took bryant 
in our league with one of my, you know, non-keeper draft picks uh, since I didn't keep all four guys. And it paid off. He'll be a keeper for me this year. So, yeah, that's for sure. But, all right, man. Well, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to cover with the FCA. I think we probably spent way too much time on that. So we're going to have to go pretty quickly through the rest of the stuff that we wanted to touch on. But, there, you know, there's really not a whole ton of discussion here. Just kind of wanted to cover the cover the facts here and just let you know and kind of say our, our quick little tidbit here about about the trades and the signings that have happened in the last month. We'll start off with the most recent news, and that's Arizona sending Chase Anderson and Aaron Hill to Milwaukee for Gene Segura. In my opinion, this is kind of a blah, whatever. I guess Segura starts, and that's all that's really going to happen. I don't know. Um, to me, what comes out is really that um, this kind of opens the door for Arcia to – is that right? Is that his name? <laughs> yeah, Arcia to come up faster. Even though Milwaukee's saying it's not going to happen, that he's still going to take his time and whatever. But I mean, they don't have anybody shortstop now, so what are they going to do? So I, I think that's what's going to come of it. Um, so, but I mean, I, I think none of, none of these none of these three players really make much of a difference. No, I mean. Chase Anderson was kind of a hit-or-miss guy and a streamer guy, but he's not really much. Aaron Hill's injury history is catching up to him, and he's not as productive as he used to be. Segura no, had one one breakout year, and you know he, he was decent last year as kind of a bounce-back candidate, but you know we'll see what he can do in Arizona. It's potentially a better ballpark for him, but other than that, I, I I don't see his stats changing that much. Yeah, me neither. Um, so the other trade, probably much bigger news, is the trade between Colorado and Tampa Bay. Colorado sending Corey Dickerson to Tampa Bay for Jake McGee and German Jermaine Marquez. I don't know. I don't know. I don't actually know who this guy is. Um, but he is a pitcher who's gotten to eek, not much. Um, very young prospect. So, um, you know, to me, this really crushes Corey Dickerson's value. I, I dropped him in my rankings quite a bit. Um, yeah. So, you know, moving, if you see his splits, I don't have them up right now. His splits between. Colorado and away from Colorado are awful. And now he's moving. Not It's got to be even like the worst possible landing spot for him. He's moving from Colorado where they're, you know, mile high to Tampa where they're like at sea level <laughs> and they play indoors. So it's, it's not a good move for him. Um, I'd be very, very careful if you're going to try and keep him or think about drafting him, you know, where his original rankings were, which was, I think, top four rounds possibly even. But now it's it, it's not going to be good for him. Jake McGee is the other interesting part. 
I think he's going to be closing in Colorado. Now that doesn't always mean a whole lot, but the guy's got great stuff. And I think he could be a, a you know, a sleeper closer that you can pick up pretty late in drafts because people just look at Colorado and, and run away. Yeah, I think um, uh, just real quick, I pulled up Dickerson's splits from last year at least. Um, 395 average at home with only 14 strikeouts and 76 at bats versus. See, 395 average? 395. Now, granted, he was injured for a lot of last year, but still. And then he's 257. Oh, 257 in 148 bats away. So, yeah, ridiculous. Um, He did have more RBIs away. Granted, he had twice as many plate appearances uh, as well. Same number of home runs, um, only five more RBIs. So, yeah, I mean, the average is is what stands out the most there. Um, I... I don't like Dickerson to begin with. Last year, even I thought he was, he was, you know, last year's Charlie Blackman. Um, although, you know, Blackman kind of came out of nowhere, and then boom, all of a sudden he's a, a stud, and he's still playing well. Um, but mm-hmm. Dickerson, this this definitely hurts his value a ton. So, yeah, yeah, um, I agree. I could see McGee going in for the closer. I was trying to think of. Uh, Colorado was just like a revolving door at closer last year, so I, it's just kind of kind of crazy to see what they're gonna do with with that position. But I think it's it's McGee's job to lose. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. I, th- I think he's he's definitely gonna be the guy there. Um, so so that's yeah. The, Good news for him because, you know, I don't know if he was ever going to take over the closing role in, in Tampa. So, um, you know, but that said, you know, so move on to the free agent signings here. Some of the bigger names that have happened over the last month. Um, Chris Davis stays home here in Baltimore. Um, I'm, I'm both happy and pissed off at that because I think we kind of overpaid for him here. Uh, I, I really kind of don't think anybody else was even coming close to the contract that Baltimore offered him. Yeah. But um, that said, you know, hopefully, hopefully he can take his Bobby Bonilla contract where he's going to get paid until he's 45 years old and, and, uh, and produce on the field, at least for a few more years here. Um, while there's still the, the window of opportunity for the Orioles. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so good news for fantasy owners. I think big time they, they keep his value up. He stays at he stays at Baltimore where he's he's really thrived. Um and and you know in that lineup with you know, which arguably has gotten better because it's gonna have Weeders back more full time. It's added Trumbo, the a more power bat. Um and Machado's coming off his monster year, you know. Yeah. So Arguably, it's a better lineup. Hopefully, it keeps. You know, hope. I don't think his production is going to get any better. You know, hopefully, he can keep even relatively close to what he had last year. And and, and I think fantasy owners would be very very happy. Yeah, um, no, I, I'm happy. I'm happy he's back. Uh, you know, 
the next guy we have listed here, uh, Joanna Cespedes, re-signing with the Mets. I would have loved to have seen him in the black and orange down here instead of back with the blue and orange up there, um, it, along with Davis. I, it, why the hell not? You know, the, like you said, we've oh, got Orlando awesome. here, yeah. and he he's a monster. I, I mean, I don't know if there's something to be said about his – you know, whatever it is, four teams in five years, I think it's been. Um, yeah, it's been weird. But I don't know if that speaks any volumes about the type of locker room guy he is or, or you know, what. But, I mean, the the stats speak for themselves. So Yeah, he I definitely is. Well, man, what been, a great second half last year for the Mets. Yeah. So I don't know if he's going to repeat that. His numbers really never have come close to that kind of production. Um, yeah. But yeah, that would have been that would have been real nice. But you know, so much. Yeah, you know, can only do so much, I guess. But yeah, yeah. With mean, the Orioles team here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he should. I I don't know if he's going to produce. I mean, the the Mets lost Daniel Murphy. Um, so, and that's one I actually didn't put down here. So, Daniel Murphy, what, went to the Nats? Uh, yeah, so, Nats, Nats picked him up. So, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of, I don't think Daniel Murphy's really a, a fantasy stud anyway. I think he just had a good postseason, so everybody knows who he is now. Um, yeah. He's, he, yeah, he's kind of, okay. he's okay. Usually bats for a good average. Um. That's well, he, had good, he had a good postseason, <laughs> but where the hell was he in the in the World Series? Nowhere to be found. Right, um, exactly. So you, you know, know, take it for what you will. He, he's okay. I, I'm not targeting him in any of my leagues. Put it that way. Um, no. So moving on from him, one of the guys that I'm actually kind of sad to see leave Baltimore is Wei and Chen. Um, but I think his fantasy stock goes up this year. He's moving from the American League East, which has some of the best offenses in the game and some of the worst ballparks to pitch in, to the NL East, which you know this is yeah. really not that great of a division. <laughs> and no, you've got... now he gets, you know, now he gets to pitch. You know, yeah, he'll see the Nets, who maybe they'll bounce back this year. He'll get the Mets, who I don't know if they'll be able to repeat what they did last year in, in the second half, even with Cespedes back. Um, he gets Atlanta, who's bad. He gets Phillies, who aren't very good. Granted, you know, he would have gotten Miami, but he's on Miami. But I think his stock is, is, is going up. You know, he's always been a borderline must-own player in fantasy leagues. I've kind of always had him on and off my teams for the last couple of years. He's, yeah, he's usable. He doesn't give you a ton of strikeout numbers, but I kind of think all of the, all his numbers are going to improve this year, I think, except for maybe win because the Marlins just aren't very good. But that's that's hard to predict. You know, I hate the win yeah. category. Yeah, we've talked about that before. I, I think um, – I definitely think that, that his stats can improve this year. And it's not like they were really bad here in Baltimore. I mean, so – it hurts losing a guy like that, um, but you know that's the business. So yep. hopefully he he succeeds down in Miami and and helps them win a few more games. 
And I guess we'll stay on the uh, the Baltimore train here. I, I didn't, as I was writing this list, it like <laughs> didn't dawn on me that I wrote like all these players that had either left or were on Baltimore were like <laughs> in link to Baltimore. Here. Like it's kind of crazy. Like all these things, there's so many ties to Baltimore. I didn't even like dawn on me when I did this, but yeah. So Steve Pierce left Baltimore and went to Tampa, and. Yeah. You know, I, I he was he was kind of a utility guy in Baltimore, so and but we you know he could get hot, he could be useful. I think he's gonna kind of be the same deal in Tampa. So like you know, I wouldn't target him in your in your drafts, but always keep an eye out for him. If he gets hot, like he's one of the best players in the league when he gets hot all the time. Like it's just it's the way he is. Um, when, yeah, when he's hitting, he's a guy that you need on your team. He's gonna produce. Yeah in that stretch when, when he's on and, and he's seeing the ball, uh, you want him on your team. You don't want to be facing him on the other team. Um, yeah. The move to Tampa, I think, potentially hurts him a little bit. I mean, that, that stadium is just atrocious in general. But, you know, he just he kind of <clears throat> fell off completely in the playoffs two years ago for Baltimore. And and I just don't think he recovered since then. I don't know if he was in his own head too much or what, but, you know, he was just bad in that Detroit series. Um, and I just I just think it, it played into him and kind of screwed him up this past year too. And, and he wasn't really getting the at-bats this past year, so I don't think he really got enough of a rhythm either. But if he can get those at-bats down in Tampa, uh, you know, he looked – the good news with him is he can play everywhere on the field. So if one guy goes down, he's kind of the guy to fill in and, you know, people need breaks. So yeah, there, there's definitely a potential for him to see a lot of playing time in Tampa. But, um, you know, again, he's not going to be somebody I'm targeting. And the last guy here that I have written down that had, you know, was on Baltimore last year for the second half that I actually was hoping we would keep as well was, yeah. uh, uh, para Gerardo. Yeah, Geraldo Parra. Sorry, thank you. I'm like reading something else at the same time. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I think the, the Dickerson trade happened clearly because Colorado signed Parra. Um, I, I like Parra a lot. I, I don't know what happened to him when he came over to the Orioles last year, but he, he really kind of stumbled down the stretch. But if you look at his numbers, like he still had a fantastic season. He still batted 291, so 14 homers and 14 stolen bases. You know, but if you look at his second half when he was with the Orioles, he was terrible for us. Um, it, it, his overall average was like 271, but if you look at August and September, 239, 234 batting average. He hit five total home runs between those two months. He was bad. Yeah. Um, some of his worst baseball ever. And he only stole five bases total in that span of time. So yeah, he was, he was not good. And I, I don't know what happened. I bet, you know, I don't think you're going to have him go to Colorado and all of a sudden become like a 30 home, you know, a 30 home run power hitter like the rest of that team. But he could, he could easily hit 20, I think, uh, going to Colorado. And, and if he can be like a 2020 guy being in Colorado, batting close to 300 like he can do then you know what he's he's going to be a sleeper outfielder that i think a lot of people a lot of winning teams are going to have this year on 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 their team 
Um, yeah. I, no, I like I liked him last year. I, I didn't want to believe in him at first, but numbers don't lie. And and when you're putting up numbers like he was early on, you gotta you gotta do it. So um, I, I was I was really stoked when when we picked him up, hoping to see some of that same production. And like you said, he just didn't have it. And, and I don't know. Um, um, if it was just the move that screwed him up or, or what it was. But, you know, I hope he picks back up with, with Colorado. And, and he's he's familiar with not only Colorado, but that whole division. He, he, you know, he played against all those all those teams uh, or with Arizona, you know. So he's used to playing in Arizona, too. And that's a bandbox yeah. stadium. So I think he's going to thrive again, you know, being – in a little bit more familiar territory and being back in the NL. Um, so last couple ones we got here, uh, finish it out. Um, not real power names, but, you know, guys that, that you got to look at and kind of see what they're doing. Um, we got Doug Fister signing with Houston. You know, he was kind of the the unspoken Cog pickup for for Washington, you know, uh, was it last year they they picked him up or two years ago? I think it was just last couple year. A <clears throat> couple years ago. Uh, it was a couple. Okay, so he came out of out of Detroit and then, you know, he was he was decent there and then he came over. You thinking, okay, well, he's going to be able to to succeed in the NL. And well, twenty fourteen, he was awesome, <laughs> but he really, yeah, he he had a really ridiculous year. Struggled so, last year. He he had some injury history to deal with last year, and um, not not necessarily history, but injury issues. You know that just just kept him not not on the field enough. And here again, I think it's a, another rhythm issue. When you're not playing, you're not getting into this rhythm where you can get in a groove and feel what's going on with with your pitches and you know what's working, what's not working with your coach, if you're not healthy, you can't do that. So um, I do like the move to Houston. I, I really like Houston in general this year. I think they're going to mm-hmm. have a real nice uh, follow-up season um, and and really put it together again and be another play, you know, be a playoff team again, uh, hopefully not necessarily even in the wild card. So – I think it's nice. I mean, they got they got a, just an outstanding staff down there too. Um, and then you know, one of the guys that that they did lose. Um, next next guy we're going to talk about. One of the last guy we got here listed, Chris Carter, is uh, taking his talents to Milwaukee. So I I don't see this as like a major upgrade, I guess, or or. You know what? What's he going to do there? He was kind of primarily at DH. Uh, I know he had first base eligibility, um, but he just had a rough season last year. And even two years ago, I think he was kind of an all-or-nothing power guy. Oh yeah, um, he, oh, that's he's not helping you. Not helping years. you at all in average. He's, no. he's blowing your average up. In fact, um, so no. In fact, I do in Milwaukee. I just yeah. I don't. I'm not really targeting this guy one way or the other, unless you know it's a super deep league and and you're looking for for help <clears> somewhere. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the things that that I spoke about in in the overall top 300 rankings that the staff at so-called fantasy experts put up today. Um, mm-hmm. I wrote the little blurb at the beginning of it. So, you know, I, I wrote about how kind of power, and we spoke about it. You know, power kind of ruled the top of the draft for for fantasy baseball and, and the rankings, and, and you see it there. And um, you know, I I said, and and yes, you can find power later in the draft with guys. And I mentioned Chris Carter actually. And I said, yeah, he's got 30 home run power, but oh, yeah. and you can get him with like the 260th pick of the draft, but he struggles at the plate as far as batting average. His career is 217, and because of that, he's going to limit himself in the number of runs that he gives your team and the number of RBI that he gives your team. Yeah, you're thinking of 30 home run power, so yeah, he's going to give you a lot of RBI. No, that's not actually the case like almost half of his RBI come from his own home runs. So he, <laughs> because he can't hit anybody else in because he doesn't hit the ball. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing where he's kind of an all or nothing guy. He, you know, if he plays every day and he can hit 30, 40 home runs, he's going to get owned in some league, you know, a team that is, Figuring out that he just need a punt batting average is going to pick him up, and and fine, I would absolutely do it if I was in that case too. But yeah. I'm not really going after him. I I just don't know if I really like the inning spot for him because he goes from AL to NL, and you know you kind of spoke about it where he was DH a lot in Houston, and yeah. now what's he? He's not. Is he going to really be everyday first baseman? That's what I'd be afraid of. Well, do they? So I don't you know. know maybe, I just don't. I, I don't see it. What are they going to do? They're going to they're going to keep him sitting as a bench guy, and then <clears throat> then bring him in to to play. No, I mean first, right now they know, have here and there. I mean they don't they don't have Lind anymore. I mean he's a free yeah, agent. Right, that's what they, I'm saying. They they've got they have Shane him Peterson, uh, Shane Peterson, and. Uh, uh, Martin Maldonado here uh, with a combined five years of experience. So yeah, it's not good. So it, maybe maybe they are going to plug him in at first and see what well, happens. I mean, I know that that's. I mean, that's the way it's listed right now. Is he is the starting first baseman? I just you know, I mean, if he's, I don't think his de- I don't think his defense is very good. He's kind of like the Schwarber thing. Like his defense is very good, and if he doesn't hit, then they're going to find another alternative. Like. You just yeah. if the guy that you're playing in there isn't very good at defense and he's not hitting, then teams usually just go with the defensive guy in that case who can hit almost as good, you know, as the guy who's struggling and killing you in well, both sides of the ball. So that's usually yeah. what happens. It'll be it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. I I don't think I'm gonna really be able to touch him. I I just I just don't like the guy. Um, strikes out way too much for me. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, that that's all we've, you know, we've had for uh, kind of catches us up with the big moves and, and big news for the last month there. So I think the plan is to go forward and, and uh, we're going to be 
coming up with a, a plan of action here to to go forward with with some fancy baseball <clears throat> weekly weekly shows coming up here. So keep keep on the lookout for those. Uh, they'll, they'll be. I'm assuming we'll do Tuesdays again. I don't see why we would change it now. Tuesdays at 8:30 is kind of our slot. So come back yeah. next week. We'll uh, we'll be back on and hopefully starting our our big fantasy baseball rollout with some previews of we haven't really decided what we're going to do yet. So we'll let you know, but, uh, stay tuned. Anyway. Yeah. We're, we're, we're meeting soon to discuss. We all have jobs. So, uh, anyway, so, excuse me. So, the, yeah, that, that's it for the show today. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, hit me up on Twitter at Fantasy Six Pack. I'll spell it out, one word. And AJ is actually on Twitter and would is actually able to share his name. Would you like to do that? Yes, I, I would. Please uh, <laughs> twit me, tweet me, do whatever you want. Uh, my my name is Apple Garth Algar. Uh Yes, it is my last name, and yes, it is a Wheel of Fortune before and after puzzle of my last name and Garth Algar from Wayne's World. Um, you're welcome, Chicago. You're welcome, Saturday Night Live. You're welcome, Twitterverse. Uh, I am here. Follow me. Uh, tweet me. I will uh, I will respond. I'm, I'm still new to this, so... If I don't respond right away, give me a minute. I'll uh, I'll get to you then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, everybody, go follow him. He needs a uh, he needs some love on Twitter. So uh, anyway, that's it for the show. Hope everybody enjoyed it, and uh, look forward to talking to y'all next week. All right. See you guys later. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.